Perhaps the best way that you can teach a message to your children is by setting a good example, by living it out. And today we'll be discussing how you can model resiliency for your kids. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting team. And Danny, um, you've met so many inspiring parents. Who comes to mind in terms of somebody that really lives it out well for you? Well, there's, there's so many. Besides me, of course. Yeah, I besides mean, you, yeah. John. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many out there. I think the most common thread, and I'm, I'm thinking through the, the different dads that I've gotten to watch along the way, it, it really centers around intentionality. Spending time, let's say in the morning consistently, either going out for a run with their child or their children, uh, or spending time in scripture with their children, but being consistent with it. That is so hard to do in parenting, being consistent with things you've committed to do and following through on that. And I've seen dads do it well. That's very inspiring to me to see uh, dads be intentional. There, there's been one that I've been uh, was thinking about that uh, takes intentional moments throughout the year to spend one-on-one time with his kids and tries to be as present as possible, even though he's extremely busy uh, as a as a businessman. And uh, man, that's been fun to to see that that dad successfully connect and invest in his in his kids. Yeah. And so it really centers around that relational intentionality with his kids. And then that same man has been very intentional in his marriage with his wife and uh, and cares deeply for her. And you can see the affection he has towards her. I love aspiring to take on those uh, those nuggets I see in other dads mm-hmm. doing it well, and uh, let's do that with each other. Let's encourage one another, and uh, let's let's continually aspire to be the best we can be. Yeah, well, that that sense of growth. I, I hope to be growing until my last breath, right. and not yes. giving up or putting it in neutral. Let's go ahead and hear from somebody who has a huge heart for kids. It's Dr. Kathy Cook, and she spoke with Focus on the Family president Jim Daly about modeling resiliency for your kids. What is the key to resiliency? Parents. <laughs> it really it's is. It's that simple. It really is. Yeah. How do yeah. we how do we perform it well or not perform it well then? Yeah, you know, Jim, first of all, I don't say that lightly. You know, I love being here with you on focus and every parent and grandparent listening wants to be the very best that they can be. Um, we need to be resilient. It starts with the parent not staying down in his valley. So modeling it. Absolutely modeling it and expecting it of yourself and risking and trying again and letting your children know that you're imperfect and you're growing and you're striving and you're going after the things that are for you and you're not walking toward the things that are unrealistic. So do we model responsibility? Do we model care and concern? And then, of course, providing support for our children and that comes in a variety of ways we can talk about yeah no it's good and i i think it's important um obviously you're a teacher of second graders uh, mm. god bless you first of all <laughs> second grade's got to be a fun age though i mean they're, they're still so innocent and interested respecting authority you know it's not like junior high right, 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 right. <laughs> so right. so in that role you used a term in the book called uh, snow suits uh, <laughs> what are the snow suits Right. What is your snowsuit? <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. So picture this, guys. I had 28 second graders, and they came to school with their 
snowsuits and their boots and their mittens and their scarves and their hats, and it would be recess. And they weren't allowed to go outside for their brief 15 minutes until they got dressed. Well, it took some kids 14 minutes to get yeah, dressed. You absolutely. Know? And they had one minute of playtime. But here's the thing, Jim. If I would have put on all their snowsuits and their boots and their hats and their scarves and their mittens, they never would have learned how to do it. So I watched them. It was painful to stand back and watch them. Mm. The children who put on their mittens before they zipped the snowsuit check <laughs> realized that that was not a good idea. And they had to take the mittens off in order to zip the snowsuit, right? Yeah. Kids, so I watched. I had to sometimes leave the room so that I wouldn't overhelp, which would then make them feel like they were incapable. And then they rely on me all the time. But my goal as an educator was appropriate independence. So that, that's a great, so what's your snowsuit? What are you, like, are you afraid that your child might not make his bed as well as you could, so you overhelp, and the child feels like you have to now be perfect, and now I'm fearful? Or could you decide that the goal is not perfect bed making, the goal is that my child grow up, and my child learn some skills that he is then able to exhibit, not just with bed making, but folding of laundry and putting away toys. Yeah, kind of like back to the walking analogy you mm -hmm. used. They're not going to make it perfectly at a right. certain age, and they'll do better and better, hopefully over time. And uh, you know, that's that's what you're driving toward is effort. Put in right. a good effort, and then right. hopefully that'll be sufficient, right? Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned also what role belief plays in resiliency. Now, describe the kind of belief you're you're using there. Well, yes, really important. We believe at Celebrate Kids that beliefs cause behavior. So, kind we, of at the core, because belief it, changes actions. I mean, if you believe something, absolutely, that's kind of the core of change in your in your heart. Absolutely. So we can sweep away the webs. Right. But if we don't kill the spider, the webs come back. Right. So we can change children's behavior, attitudes, and actions. But if we don't deal with the underlying reason that they are the way they are, they will most likely continue to be the way they are. We get more frustrated. They get more angry. And it's a mess. So are they not trying because they don't believe it's worth it, because they don't see value in the task? Are they not trying because they don't have the skills so we've told them, but we haven't taught them. Mm. That's on us as parents. Again, I don't say that lightly. Are they not trying because it comes so easily to their sister that they're fearful they look stupid and they can't handle the belief that I might be stupid? Mm. So, And what about God? You know, spiritual resiliency, so important. What do you believe about God? Is he going to help me or isn't he? Is he available? Does he care? That's so important. Danny, what a powerful phrase that we heard there from Kathy Cook. Beliefs cause behavior. Now, this is something that only in the past five or six years have I really grabbed onto. Um, what are some other ways that we can help instill our kids um, the right beliefs so they can behave in ways that are resilient? Yeah, what's important with that is to realize that relationships and experiences help mold our beliefs. Hmm. And so in our relationship as, as father, mother to child, we get to help shape beliefs. And those are also shaped by perception. Those lead to those thoughts and emotions, and eventually the behavior squeezes out of that. And so in our relationship, one thing that I've talked to my kids about is that, hey, don't be afraid or allergic to failure. Failure is an opportunity for growth and to continue to, to mold in you humility and, uh, and a new discovery of who you are. 
don't be too afraid of it. Even though it's natural to be afraid of failure, that's, that in itself is not a failure to be afraid of failure, right? It's just it's a growth process of it going against your very emotions. As you mm-hmm. fail, it feels embarrassing. It feels bad. It feels negative. But really in that, what you're uh, instilling in your kids is the idea that when I fail, there's something I look for, and that is the opportunity for growth or something different. Mm-hmm. Another one that we've talked about over and over again in my house is there's a solution for everything, even death, right? You, you believe in Jesus. He, uh, you have a faith in Jesus, and death is solved there for you. Everything has some type of solution to it, maybe not always the one you want. My daughter wrote me a, a quote. She said, as long as you are living, you will face problems, but you serve a God who solves problems. Uh, that's and, good. Uh, we've talked about just there's a solution to everything. You just have to look for it, be patient with it. And then having a weakness is not a bad thing. That actually allows us to have dependence wholeheartedly on God. And he's told us that in Scripture. Do we really believe that? Because that makes us stronger, knowing that we don't have to hide weaknesses. We don't have to be insecure about them. Because insecurity and weaknesses many times take us on an emotional ride of trying to look for affirmation, acceptance, some type of feedback that will make us feel better. Help your, your, your kids know, hey, you have a weakness, this is something good, and in that you're going to find the strength of God. You don't need to gain approval from this world. You're already worthwhile, and I will love you. Regardless of what you do, I'm excited to, to, to discover and see who God has created you to be and the expression of that, and it's going to be imperfect along the way. Mm. But I'm excited to see the moments where you run into the weaknesses places because then you get to see God more clearly. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that perspective. Uh, that makes me think of Paul's writing in Second Corinthians where he was talking about this affliction he had. We don't know exactly what it is. There's mm. speculation about it. But he said, who is weak? And I am not weak. We're all weak. And he said, if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast about things that show my weakness because then the Father is blessed. Mm. And he, he shows himself through that's that. Right. That's great. That's, uh, that's a really good reminder. I appreciate that, Danny. And uh, we're passionate about encouraging you and helping you in your parenting journey. And Uh, We've got some tools for you. Uh, One of those is a free article called Five Emotional and Relational Intelligence Skills. It's a great resource for you to uh, have in mind as you raise your children. You're going to find the link to that article in the show notes. And then uh, we do have copies of Dr. Kathy Cook's really amazing book. It's Resilient Kids, Raising Them to Embrace Life with Confidence. It shares a lot of stories and practical ways to build resiliency in your child. And we'll send a copy of that to you when you join the support team and make a monthly pledge or one-time gift of any amount. You can find out ways to help us help families worldwide. Uh, We've got the link in the show notes. More from Kathy Cook next time. And for now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the back seat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.